What's up, y'all? What's poppin'? We're back with another Sweep the Lead podcast. You know the drill. We got the full crew, almost a full crew here. Mine is Derek Durvin. He's a busy guy, but we always miss him and love him. Uh, we hope to hear from him soon, but we got the full crew tonight. We're going to be talking about NFL, a big trade happened. Well, kind of a big trade. I don't like the guy, you know, hook him. OU sucks. But we're also going to be talking NBA free agency, NBA trades. Really? You got to be unbiased during this shit. Come on, man. <laughs> Some Spurs Chiefs, man, and uh, some sweeper keep, man. But uh, before we get going, we got Shamaya Reed. Just, you know, we got some Mark over here, Mark and Stats, and Ravish and Rudy Campos. What's up, guys? What's up, man? What is up, dude? You're you're taking the lead tonight. I, I'm actually, uh, I got put on the bench, so I'm pretty, basically the sixth man tonight. Nah, dude, we're all, we're all starting, man. We got, you know... I'm um, I Josh Primo. You know, you're my Vassell. We got <laughs> lockdown, lockdown wow, I've really been downgraded to Vassell. Oh, that's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. Dude, Vassell's cold. He's up and coming. He is. He Dude, is. He's ripped, man. He looks good. <laughs> man, okay, yeah, he is ripped. He really is ripped. But I'm not that ripped yet. I'm not I'm not rock ripped, to put it that way. For sure, but you know, you know, you are ripped at one thing. And before we start, you know, get into diving into sports, I just want to congratulate Mr. Rudy Campos and his team who won wow. yesterday. Dude, what a baller, man! I saw you won some big money, dude. I hope you take us somewhere out nice to eat. You know, a sleep to lead dinner. I'll be expecting you know some good Taco Cabana, <laughs> maybe have some rats on the side. So yeah, oh, yeah, I was I was thinking Taco Cabana at first, but then I'm gonna upgrade y'all to either uh, Las Palapas or Mama Margie's after that win. Dude, I mean, I don't mind some fried rats on the side, man. Or we can go to Tinka Taco and get a cockroach in our taco. That is disgusting, man. <laughs> Here I am trying to eat my dinner, which consists of green beans, and you're talking about rats and roaches. That's not a good comment. I've always wanted to try those new uh, Taco Cabana uh, rat flautas that they have there. Oh, the deep fried rat meat, man. Hurt their extra furry, dude. You can ask for extra furry or extra extra tail on the side. That's oh, terrible. Yeah. How does this little... city? How does this health inspector not shut them down? I, mean, I guess they shut him down for a day, but hey, man, that's we're in terrible. tough times, man. We're in tough it. times, where we got to eat rats. I mean, I don't think we're that bad off, are we? <laughs> well, gas is apparently back under four bucks in some places. So, exactly, dude. I don't have to walk anymore anymore, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I've been struggling out here. It's, it's so hot, dude. I'm just trying to burn all those calories, and now gas is under three under four dollars. So it looks like I'm gonna be driving again. Just shave, you'll lose weight that way. Uh, you're just jealous of my beard, dude. I get it, dude. I've been using minoxidil. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get it going, brother. What do you got? Uh, so, like I said, man, first thing we're going to dive into is uh, some NFL, man. A big trade, even though you said I am biased. But finally, the quarterback that does suck still from Oklahoma, Mr. Baker Mayfield, finally got freed from the Browns. Today, he got traded to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth-round pick that can turn into a fourth-round pick. I want to get your thoughts, man. What do you think of the trade, and uh, what do you see the future for both teams? Well, I mean, the Browns is obvious. You have Deshaun Watson. It looks like he's going to probably get – Well, are you, okay, first off, has the Watson verdict come out yet? Or is no. it still, it's still it's pending? pending? Okay, so I, I really think he's going to get a season ban, basically, suspended for a year, but then something tells me that he's not. He's going to actually play. And that's why the Browns made this move. And we're okay with trading Baker right now. I think they wanted to get some clarity on what was going to go on with Deshaun. So I think the Browns are on the right 
path. Um, I still think the receiving core is not great. I mean, you have Amari Cooper, but still, um, I think if you're looking at who's going to be the better of the two teams, I think it's kind of a push, man. Baker makes the Panthers a little bit better. I mean, better than what they had at quarterback right now. But, I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey. If he can stay healthy, that'll be kind of a good one-two punch for the Panthers as well as their receiving core with Robbie Anderson, who hates Baker Mayfield as much as you do, apparently. <laughs> uh, DJ Moore, I believe, is still there as well. So, I mean, I guess all in all, the future probably is better for the Panthers, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And don't forget to add Terrence Marshall in there, man, from LSU. They, they got a nice squad, but they did say it's, it's going it's to be a little quarterback competition, so Baker's going to earn the job from Sam Darnold. Is Matt Rule still the coach there? Yes. Mm-hmm. So then he hates Baker too, right? I mean, that's the whole big 12 much, thing back in the day. Yeah, I mean, hey, we are going to dive into some realignment talks with the whole big 12 thing as well. That's what I forgot to mention, but... Yeah, he does. He probably does hate Baker, but I view this as a desperation move. But uh, how about you, Stats? How are you feeling about it? You know, what do you see the outcome of each team? And uh, do you feel like the Browns essentially lost? Because in a sense, I saw a tweet today where someone broke it down saying the Panthers had a quarterback who took him to the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. As much as people criticize him, took him to the playoffs, gets injured, has a bound year, and then just kicks him up to the curb. This guy took you to the playoffs. And then you trade for essentially a quote unquote, like people say, a sex offender. And now you're just, you get barely a fifth round pick. How do you feel about, you know, the trade and what do you see like the future of both teams? Uh, I think this was a solid trade on both sides. Um, although the Watson thing is interesting because I, I feel like he's going to be suspended for a season um, no matter what happens um, because I just think it's going to, I just think they're going to see that as the right thing to do. Um, given those circumstances around Watson. So in them trading uh, Baker um, is interesting. Um, but I think this really helps. I mean, I think both teams do win in a sense because they get Baker off their squad, you know, the drama between the organization and him. But I think the Panthers really win in this one the most. I mean, if we had to choose a side that won the most out of this, I think the Panthers really won. Uh, Sam Darnold wasn't consistent. Uh, I don't think they're ready to ship out Coral out there in the starting lineup. So I think um, Baker's going to provide that consistency. He's going to be healthy. Uh, They don't have to rely too much on him throwing the ball that much uh, with CMC there as long as he can stay healthy. And of course, DJ Moore's production is probably going to go through the roof uh, next season just because he finally has a quarterback that is a little more consistent than what Sam Darnold had to provide. Most consistency they have right now on the roster. So uh, I think the Panthers are going to look good. Uh, Horn's going to come back from, he's going to be back from his injury on the defensive side of the ball. So I can, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers made the playoffs next season. Better fantasy option, uh, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore. He's going to, yeah, he's, he's going to catch a lot of balls. Man, I don't know why, but I think Robbie Anderson is going to be that PPR king on that team right there. I just, I just DJ Moore has shown such, such consistency every year. And Robbie Anderson, he just burned me all the time. I mean, I know he had some decent years, but DJ Moore has always been that guy, no matter what quarterback they've thrown out there to me. Wouldn't Robbie Anderson be like the Jarvis Landry of the team, though? And he had, yeah, yeah. Baker had more success with uh, like a wide receiver, too. Yeah, that does make sense, but like, what, I think a sleeper could be like I mentioned uh, was Terrence Marshall. I mean, yeah. maybe your number three. 
And he's going to be entering his second or third year, I think. But, I mean, he's a good player. But we'll see if, you know, Christian McCaffrey helps Baker Mayfield out because he could arguably say, you know, this is probably the most talented running back Baker's ever played with. I mean, Nick Chubb is up there, but I think Christian McCaffrey's better. When he's when he's not injured. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, he's a monster. Yeah. He's a freak of nature to me. Yeah. And he, he'll help out, out of the backfield, too. You could catch a lot of passes, too, from Baker. Like to to the point where they could be short passes for long yardage. That's so a fucking it, stat. That's a fucking stat right there. That is true. It really it, well. It really protects Baker because it doesn't pressure him to have to throw the ball as far. So I think it only protects him. It'll give him his confidence too. Um, it'll help him rebound. And ultimately, I think this is a nice fresh start for him. I think he needed a fresh like scene, a new environment, and I think he's going to go out there and you know, show his team, his new teammates that he wants to be there and play because he wants a, like a fresh start. So when he comes to Atlanta, I'm going to, I hope he has that flag in his hands. I can tell him where to stick it. <laughs> I'm dead. But uh, staying with football, man, um, like I mentioned, realignment talk. So uh, it was reported this past week that uh, powerhouse uh, schools out of the West Coast, UC, USC and UCLA are going to be jumping ship and heading to the Big Ten. It's caused a lot of controversy around the college football world, and there's been rumors around you know Notre Dame going leaving the ACC as well, possibly going to the SEC, or they're jumping ship and joining the Big Ten as well. And a lot of people agree that it's a good thing that if those two teams leave, but then you're going to leave the rest of the Pac-12 teams out of there. I've seen all over Twitter, you know, Oregon, you know, Washington or Arizona State jump into the Big 12. And it's just a big thing, a big parity happening around college football because now you're going to see these big power conferences and a lot of people are going to be left out of the playoff, essentially. And that makes an argument of should they go to 18 playoff? So I want to get y'all's thoughts on the, like the possible moves that are going to be happening, whether they materialize or not. And what do you see the future of college football? I'm going to let Stats start this one. Stats, yeah. you go first. Yeah, I'll, I want to keep this one actually short because I like, I like what you brought up, the idea of um, increasing the playoff to eight teams. I really like that idea, especially considering what you just said. Um, with it being a little tougher to get in. Um, I really like that idea. And I think people have been saying that for a few years now to push it to eight. And I think giving more teams a chance would definitely help in teams that aren't like scrubs. They're all pretty good. Um, so, you know, if you can make it into the top eight, that's something. And uh, it helps give those teams that were on the fringe, let's say outside of the top four, a little extra motivation to get in. And, hey, like we have a chance to give schools, it gives whole, organiza- uh, whole organizations a chance to compete on the grandest stage in college football. So I really like that idea. And that's mainly the, the thought that I wanted to kind of talk about because uh, I, I really like that idea. It's a great idea. And but. I'm going to give you this insight. And again, I don't know a lot of shit on this because, I mean, the way I think sometimes it's kind of like negative somewhat. But doesn't this affect teams like UTSA and those teams that say, you know, a Boise State that you have, you know, miraculous seasons. You're trying to get into, you know, the top eight to get into, you know, one of the big bowl games or something like that. But now if you're getting these super conferences and you're getting, you know, what you had with the Pac, uh, the Pac-10, Big 12, ACC, SEC, you had all these major conferences, the Big East and all this stuff, Big 10. I mean, you've got all that Big East was college basketball, I'm sorry. Um, but Big 10, um, all these conferences, if you're going to start making three super conferences, you're going to limit the amount of teams 
in the lower, you know, the ACCs, I mean, the, the AACs, um, you know, Mountain West, all this other shit you got, you're going to limit those teams from getting any chance at the top eight because now you're looking at, okay, we have, you know, Norfolk State in the SEC. Well, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt because if they go out and beat an LSU and they go out and beat um, a Tennessee and stuff like that, their schedule is harder than a UTSA team whose biggest win came off of, you know, Texas State. So that's where I think this realignment kind of sucks. If I'm UTSA or if I'm any of these other little schools, and they're not little, but I mean, you know, the lower end schools, I'm pounding at the doors to get into one of these super conferences. It's going to help you with recruiting. It's going to help with your strength of schedule. It's just going to help your program all together. Get away from this little bullshit, you know, little conferences. Do your justice. Do your due diligence. Get into one of these conferences. That's the reason why I don't like this alignment thing at all, because now you're going to see what um, USC and UCLA can they even play in the snow? We're about to find out. And that's something that when you go to USC, you know, if you're a top QB and you're a California boy, last thing you want to do is go play two or three games in the damn snow. You're going to USC for a reason. No, exactly. And I agree 100% with you on that. You know, it's going to suck for UTSA going to the AC this uh, next year. And essentially, you know, if they want to go to, say, like a Big 12, if the Big 12 stays afloat, the bottom line is, they're going to have to get money for it. You know, as much as some people don't really support the team in San Antonio, I know a lot of people have shown support, but I've seen also on the other side that don't really show support. And before even UTSA got good, I know a lot of student body didn't really support the team. They would, you know, complain, why are we going to hire the tuition just for a damn football team? You know, who cares about the team? But I mean, essentially, if you want UTSA to move, they need money. And that's like the problem that's be happening to AAC. They need triple their money. So imagine if they go to a big 12 with SEC, Dude, like they're going to get an outside donor from outside of San Antonio or have someone just pocket money. Cause I mean, they don't have donors like the UTs of the road and the AMs of the road that can just throw out millions like pocket change. It is going to be interesting to me because I think those matchups are going to be really good. You know, you see a USC, Ohio State, but you're right. You know, am I a top QB going to want to go play in 20 degree weather in December? No, I don't want to go do that. But then again, it's like money talks and College football doesn't really care about the Norfolk states of the road or Cincinnati's. I mean, Cincinnati barely got in this year in the playoff. Do you guys think this was, and this is a kind of a, a question I wanted to ask both of you guys. Shemaya, jump in on here whenever you want. But do you think this was a bitch move by USC and UCLA because they feel that the Pac, uh, the Pac-12 is not getting really any love at all? Because when's the last time we saw a Pac-12 team, you know, in one of the bigger games? No, I don't know. Uh, it's been a little while. Yeah, it has been what Oregon bit. when they had Jameis? Probably Oregon, but yeah, I mean, you're all oh, the Florida State with Jameis, or yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I mean, they're yes. not, but they're not Pac-12 Florida State. No, no, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon with Mariota. When they yeah, oh, there, we Mariota. there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah but yeah. even at that, these Pac-12 teams don't—they necessarily don't get any love. So, is I mean, it's the right move to get recognition because when you play college football, everybody's awake during the day watching college football. Half the country is not staying up to watch any UCLA or USC game because they come on at fucking midnight on the East coast half the time. So it's like, okay, you need more recognition. I see the move, but was it also a bitch move to do? Because 
now you're jumping ship knowing, okay, I needed to go into a bigger conference to get the recognition because we're not getting Jack when it comes to these bowl games. Yeah. A thousand percent. Cause I mean, those Pac-12 teams, the highest they get, they made the playoffs, the Rose bowl. I mean, you had Utah in the Rose bowl this year. I mean, congrats to their really good season, but outside of the Utah fans, is anyone really watching Utah football? It's like, yeah. you know, but I don't want to stay on football too long because we got a lot to talk about. So we're going to jump to NBA free agency. And the big, the big elephant in the room has been Katie and Kyrie trade talks, man. I mean, we saw Katie ask for a trade. The whole NBA Twitter went wild. And we've been seeing all these crazy scenarios where, you know, they swap out Westbrook and half the Lakers team just to get Kyrie and Katie somehow. But I also want to bring up is I saw a report today about a Spurs being a facilitator as a trade. So I want to ask y'all, the idea was Woj was saying Westbrook getting shipped out to San Antonio and essentially land picks. I want to get y'all's thoughts on that. Westbrook to San Antonio is just a total, it's a total possibility, but I think it's a total, I got to say it, it's sweep the league. I get to total fuck up the ass if the Spurs really decide to do that because you get a you get a player who's going to score, who's going to you know do whatever you want. He's going to create the turnovers. He's going to basically make you a lottery team. I mean, you already are, but he's just going to make you that much worse. He's going to get you maybe two more wins, but it's not going to be worth it. You want to put a good product out there. The product you have right now is nothing but youth, nothing but young guys. Just stick with that. If I'm the Spurs, I'm trying to get Toronto in this deal somewhere. And trying to get Siakam somewhere in this deal. If you want to give me, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, fantastic. But Siakam or somebody else needs to be involved. Why? I can ship Russ later on. Just get him out of here. So I don't like it per se. And I really think overall, and I know the Baller Boys talked about it on their podcast when it came to KD. So I'd love to hear Mark and even Shamai wants to talk about it. But overall, seeing KD say, I want to be traded. Again, one of the biggest bitch moves in sports today. I mean, you did it after OKC. You went to the Warriors. Now, because it's not working out in Brooklyn, you want to screw Brooklyn. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. If you can't win on your own, just say, I can't win on my own. I need to be on a super team. Right now, I have more, and I can't say hate, I have more dislike for Kevin Durant if he really pulls this card and moves than I do for LeBron James. <laughs> That's. Oh man. Um, yeah. I mean, we kind of like, like you mentioned, we, uh, Shemaya and I, we talked about a little bit about the circumstances in Brooklyn and um, like, I get it, you know, like Durant didn't play an entire season as one of the years that he was with Brooklyn. But um, I think again, and we talked about this, I think the James Harden fallout, uh, was one of the major contributions to Durant ultimately kind of deciding on this um, because they had everything, man. They had a super team. They had like coach ready to do their thing. They had a good bench. They had a good roster. And the fact that they weren't able to put the pieces together and get eliminated in the first round, I think that really deterred Durant from really, you know, staying loyal and being like, yeah, do I really want to spend the rest of my prime with this team? Um, even with Kyrie opting in, uh, that's still that's, that really tells you something. Um, the fact that Kyrie opts in and Durant still so immediately after actually Durant's like, nah, I'm out. I want out of here. Um, the Nets haven't been the most organized team 
in recent years. I mean, they've had injuries and Durant, Irving and Harden barely even played together last season. So that really hurt them. And I think that affected their ability to get some chemistry, but it was more than just that. I think it's just a mounting frustration that led to Durant wanting out. And um, the Brooklyn Nets have been a mess uh, for the past years. And um, I think it's finally catching up to them. And uh, here we go. And my biggest thing, and I know we're probably going to talk about destinations here, but um, the lead, the last team I want Durant to end up on is the Warriors because it would tarnish his legacy. Yeah, he would probably end up winning a few more rings with them. But uh, the fact that the media is going to say, hey, like, and every, it, it's true. It's like, oh, you left the Warriors. You won two rings. Then you decide you want to leave the Warriors because you want to go out and prove yourself, you know, on a different team, fresh faces on the squad. And then that doesn't work out. You demand a trade. And then you go right back to the team that you walked away from initially after you won your titles there to go and try and prove yourself. It's a really bad look for him. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Thank goodness. Even though the Warriors, that's what's scary. The Warriors can actually do this. They have the assets to trade for him. And that just goes to show you how well built this team is in Golden State. Um, and their organization deserves all the credit in the world for all the drafting they've done over these years and uh, team building. But yeah, the, as far as destinations where I don't want, want him to go, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely Golden State. Ship his ass to Toronto the way the Spurs did Kawhi. I mean, he doesn't have control over where he goes. It's up to Brooklyn. Whoever gives Brooklyn the best deal, just take it. I mean, you heard him the other day. Uh, if I go to Miami, I want to play with Bam and Jimmy and Kyle Lowry. Nah, Lowry's got to be part of that package. You, yeah. Not only that, yeah. Bam has to be part of that package. Well, I essentially, mean, he can't until they move Ben Simmons because you can't have two players on rookies. On rookies. Yeah. Yeah, deal. So they would have to move Ben Simmons then. They can ship it. Just throw weird. Ben Simmons in the dumpster. His game is about the same fucking thing anyway. <laughs> Shamai, you got, any, you got any input on us? We haven't heard from you all night. I don't know. I was Shemaya's on the boards, man. We might have to skip Shemaya tonight. Soundboard City. But uh, Mark mentions destinations, and you mentioned the Warriors, that, and it arguably could be a destination for KD. Um, I've seen the idea where Bleacher Report and other sports writers talked about, you know, you include a Wiggins, Wiseman, Kuminga, and a Jordan Poole for a KD, and possibly, say, a Seth, Seth Curry or Joe Harris. Would that be a, would do y'all think that would be a smart move for them essentially? And what's a sleeper destination you could see Katie going to? Um, Rude, do you want to go on this one? On the Golden State thing, let, let's be real, man. If Golden State's going to gut their team, and I know, you know, they didn't really use Kaminga and Wiseman, you know, a whole lot, but I, I think you're probably looking at Steph and Clay and, you know, K, KD that's going to eat up a crap load of your salary cap. And, you know, you got, um, you're probably going to end up losing, you know, a couple more players, but you're going to have to go through. Okay. Back then when you made that deal, you, you had reliability, like in Andre Iguodala, you had a lot of good veterans there, but you've got so much youth now that those veterans that were there then are getting ready to retire. I don't think Iguodala is going to stick around much longer to to do another run with KD and stuff. But I uh, I think Golden State is the one trying to make the biggest splash in it. I can't see it possibly going to Phoenix. That whole you know DeAndre Ayton thing is one thing to keep an eye on. But a sleeper a sleeper place I could definitely see 
you know, him going, I, I, I could definitely see him in Chicago, man. I mean, Chicago has a few assets that they could definitely move. Um, they're re-signing Levine. They've got DeMar under contract. So possibly moving, you know, Patrick Williams, some draft picks. Um, I mean, I don't think they've got the guy. I mean, I know Brooklyn wants a, a superstar in return, but if you get a three or four team type thing going, you know, they can get a superstar from another team. So I think Chicago is one to maybe keep an eye on. It's kind of one of the long shots for me, but that's where I feel it'll happen. Yeah, I feel, I feel that. I could see it happening too, essentially. I mean, I know Chicago's kind of uh, adamant about keeping Patrick Williams. I know people eyed him, but they don't really want to move him because he's a, you know, he's a really solid young player that's up and coming. So I could really see that happening. And that'd be an interesting team seeing DeMar, Levine, and KD. You know, you keep Yusevich somewhat in Lonzo. But I mean, like you said, it would have to be a four-team trade if they want a superstar. Well, Lonzo's the other guy. I think, I mm. think they would be satisfied with Lonzo and Patrick Williams and probably Vujacek, I think, would be mm-hmm. would be good enough as long as you get a bunch of draft picks in there. I think that would actually be good enough for them. Yeah, yeah. and is Phoenix still not uh, throwing Booker in any trade package for him? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're a moron if you want to include Booker. I mean, why? if you're Brooklyn and you ask for Booker, I'm hanging up the damn phone. I mean, yeah, well, that, that's why I bring it up because uh, yeah. the Phoenix was pretty adamant about not including Booker, and it sounded like Brooklyn was really uh, was really wanting him in some sort of package, mm-hmm. and they're not going to get him, obviously. But that's why again, that's why I mention it because I mean that could really throw Phoenix out of the running. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah. Before before stats goes, it's interesting to me. And I want you, I want to get y'all's take on this is how people are saying you know you saw what Dejounte netted you and you saw what Rudy Gobert netted you so what is Katie's value value to you I mean are you gonna get say six or seven picks and players or are you gonna get more players that have high stake caliber I mean it was really surprising seeing Gobert get a lot of value from me because I mean Gobert is good. But what does he bring to you beyond defense? I mean, are you relying on him to get you a bucket? That Carl that Anthony Towns and Gilbert duo is going to be interesting to see. I know he's just kind of just going to be around the rim and Cat can just pop out and shoot threes. But I mean, Gilbert's kind of overrated to me. So, like, what is y'all's value for KD? And, you know, do y'all really think that trade is going to be one of the biggest trades in league history? I don't, I mean, to, I'll keep it short. If I'm Brooklyn's front office, I'm looking at the best deal no matter who it's from. I mean, if you got a team that's willing to give you four or five first rounds, maybe three of them unprotected, and a couple of, you know, young prospects that are up on coming, I don't see why you pass on that. I mean, there's no way. I don't care if KD says, well, I don't want to go play in Detroit. Well, motherfucker, I don't care where you want to go play. You're under contract. I can ship you wherever. If, you know... Paris Basket Racing France, you know, decided to give me, you know, a hundred million and, you know, three prospects. That's on the table. I'll ship your ass to Paris. I don't care. I mean, it's wherever the best deal for the Brooklyn Nets is. I hate the fact that you have players that dictate where they want to go. That is so dumb. I mean, it's a business. If you don't want to be there, fine. Don't be here but I'm going to get everything I can in return and make the best deal possible to keep my franchise going. Yeah, You know, what's interesting though is because is I think, you know, a team is going to have to give a lot for Durant, but 
you know, they might end up getting more than Durant back. Like uh, I was, I think I saw something about a potential trade involving both Durant and Joe Harris in a trade package. I'm like, if you can get both of those two, yeah, like you're still going to give a haul either way for Durant. But if you get a nice little added bonus in Joe Harris, I mean, like that's, that's two. I mean, that's one of the best players in the league in Durant, along with one of the best sharpshooters in the league that would provide pressure off of, you'd get pressure off of KD beyond the perimeter and help them out and help any team. Those two guys would help any team they get traded to. So um, we'll have to see what, what other players get packaged in this deal too. No, for sure. It should be interesting to see. I mean, I'm just waiting for that Woj bomb to pop up and or a Shams bomb. I mean, I have it on notifications and I keep checking my phone every time I get a little buzz. I'm like, is it the KD trade yet? I, mean, I was <laughs> I was really starstruck when the Goldberg got traded. No one really saw that coming. So, I mean, I'm just waiting to see if Shams says something about the Spurs or a trade happens. But yeah, but um, Utah panicked, dude. Utah panicked on that trade. That was they got some good value in him, but. You could have got a better trade somewhere for Gober. I mean, they got Pat Bev, dude. <laughs> oh God. Okay. The, the the best commentator in sports, right there. Dude, they got yeah. Pat Bev, dude, the legend who won the play-in. Man, he was a, he's a play-in champion. The play-in yeah. champion. I love. Dude it. was crying when Paul George and Kawhi got traded to the Clippers because he thought he was going to win a yeah. title. Oh, <laughs> give me a break. Remember, remember when he uh, when he told Steph. Uh, I got I got the next five years. <laughs> yeah, I got the next five years. That's what five different teams, <laughs> five different teams. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Funny. But um, yeah. before we get to sweep and keep, we have one more segment. Uh, it's the iconic Spurs cheese man. And uh, in today's Spurs cheese man, I wanted to talk about the Spurs actually make a move in free agency. It was the biggest move that every fan expected, of course. And we got Isaiah Roby. Um, some fans were. Happy. Some fans were confused about who the hell this kid is, but I think it's a solid signing. Um, he's going to be a good depth at the front court, and he could be a low-key, really, you know, possible defensive standard that the Spurs thrive and love. So what are y'all's thoughts on Isaiah Roby, and and do y'all think they're going to go after anyone else? Yeah, their, their offseason is not done yet. I mean, I think they're, I still think you're going to possibly see Jakob on the move as well as Doug McDermott. May not be in the offseason, but it'll definitely be by the trade deadline. Um, but real, I'll let stats go on this a little bit longer. I just want to say I did a podcast with Jeff Garcia from uh, Ken's Five, and we talked about Isaiah Roby on it. I did it earlier this morning. It'll be out tomorrow. Isaiah Roby's Malik Rose, man. If you can get him a consistent jumper, he's Malik Rose. He makes sense. He gives the little things that are going to help the Spurs win a game or two. The guy put up 30 points against Portland this year. I mean, he's had a couple of 20-point games as well. He played great against the Spurs. He's an inside presence. From, you know, zero to, like, five feet, the guy shoots, like, 90%. I mean, he's a guaranteed bucket. So, great guy, great kid. If you get him a little bit of a jumper, consistent jumper, I mean, he shot like 44% from three, but he didn't really shoot very many threes. Um, get a little consistent jumper. I mean, shit, man, you, you got Malik Rose right there. So with that being said, Rudy, um, do you think he can be a consistent piece that the Spurs can have on the team long-term? I think so, man. I mean, the kid, the kid may not be a starter with the squad, but he's definitely going to be, you know, sixth, seventh man off the bench. I mean, it just depends on his development with the team. 
I wasn't shocked with the uh, the Gorgie Dang signing because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they need depth there. But right when they signed Roby, I thought, okay, that kind of tells me somebody's on the move possibly. So they're going to need to secure that depth at that position. Um, but it's a good problem to have. I mean, you have what, Jakob, Zach Collins, Dang, now Roby, you have Jeremy Sohan. You know, you got five guys that can play the power forward, even the center position. Um it's a good problem to have, but that tells me that one guy is definitely on the move somewhere, and it's probably going to be Jakob. I completely agree with you on that. And I think after the uh, after the DJ trade, a lot of people kind of saw Jakob as being next on the trade block there, or you know, to be shipped out. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Jakob's going to net you the most return. I mean, yeah, you can say you can trade a Doug McDermott or Josh Richardson, but what are you going to get in return for that? I mean, that's essentially just a salary cap. Mean salaries for a team if you go do a trade, but I mean, Jakob's going to get you the most return. You get it. You get some picks possibly in next year's draft or future drafts. But I also saw that Isaiah Roby as a good pickup and possibly someone could be moved. I mean, it's going to be interesting to me who's going to be starting at the four and the five next year. Um, maybe Gorgie Dane starts, uh, given that, that signing, if Jakob does get moved. And I wonder if the Spurs really implement Shohan right away or they keep Doug and implement that. I was kind of talking about with my friends. And I mean, I personally predicted a lineup that they run this year was Primo, Vassell, Keldon, and uh, Zach Collins, and then Gorgie. I mean, I feel like Jakob's going to get moved, like I mentioned. And and Shohan's not going to be implemented yet. He's going to be seeing a lot of G League. But I think, you know, we could see some development and some a standout player from Roby itself. But yeah, for sure. Nonetheless, we're going to be going to Mark's iconic game, Sweeper Keep. We know the drill, so I'll let Mark take the flow and get it going, brother. All right, gentlemen, gentlemen, and for those of you listening for the first time, welcome to Sweep or Keep, the game where we decide if we like something that is trending in the news or something that was tweeted out or some news that just popped up on ESPN or something, and we, we keep it, which means we like it. Or we sweep it, which means we think it's trash and crap. So, gentlemen, let's begin sweep or keep here on sweep the league. So nice. let's begin. Let's begin. Let's uh, let's start with some bears. Mitch Trubisky says he watches the last dance before every road game to replicate MJ's mindset. Sweep or keep? Oh God! So. I watched MJ's The Last Dance a lot. Rocky's losing it. (laughs) And I mean, I can't, I can't even come close to, you know, getting anything that Jordan ever did, you know, basketball wise. But I'm going to sweep this because I think what Mitch is doing is trying to save face, you know, being a top quarterback being selected in the NFL draft. You still got to keep, you know, I guess you still got to save face. I really can't answer much for Mitch here other than get off Jordan's jock. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just for good luck, Mitch. But anything you watch on the last dance, I mean, you're you're not going to really get any kind of motivation or anything on that. Completely different sport, completely different mindset. Jordan's the uh, GOAT of the NBA, and you weren't even the GOAT at North Carolina. So that's pretty bad right there <laughs> oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna sleep that too i mean maybe maybe mitch was watching the part where mj beat that security guard a lot of times so maybe he got inspired by that and he wanted to get beat by by other teams a lot of times so that's what his mindset is man i mean he got beat 
by a lot of teams in his time in Chicago. And now he might get beat out in Pittsburgh by Kenny Pickett. So I don't even think Mitch could I don't even think Mitch could beat his meat, to be honest with you. That's how bad (laughs) Trubisky is. We took a left turn right there, man. <laughs> oh, God. only on only on sweep the league, only on sweep the league, folks. All right, guys, are you ready for the second one? All right, so this is going to be um, okay. So the way that I'm going to word this is going to be more of a question, uh, a different kind of question, I suppose. So um, yes is going to be keep, no is going to be sweep. So let me just ask: it's going to be basically a yes or no type question. So uh, there's a tweet that came out. Should the Jazz retire Rudy Gobert's jersey? Sweep for no, keep for yes. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say keep. You know, go ahead and retire it. I mean, what is he, four-time defensive player of the year? Yeah, he's I mean, a, he's a he's six-time good. defensive player of the year, four-time all-star. Or yeah, four four time All NBA, three time All Star, and three time Defensive Player. So so he's gonna make the Hall of Fame. I mean, I would suggest yeah. I mean, you probably would retire his jersey, um, but then again, I mean, it's Utah. There's I don't know what to say. You know about Utah. I've never been there. I, I know you know Malone and Stockton are the better best players to come out of Utah. I. I'm just going to say just, yeah, retire the damn jersey. He deserves it. Yeah, he didn't get you a title, but neither did Malone and Stockton, and their jerseys are hanging up there. So <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just retire it. I mean, you got to celebrate something in Utah, right? There's not much to celebrate in Utah. They stop serving alcohol at like 5 o'clock. So, I mean, yeah, you got to celebrate something. You celebrate Mormons, man. Come on. You celebrate Mitchell for, for however few days they have with him there. That's pretty sad if you're going to celebrate Donovan Mitchell. I mean, again, it's like there's really no other. Celebrate Jordan Clarkson. The guy has more tattoos than they do wins. I mean. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned tattoos because that's a perfect segue oh, for, for the next one. <laughs> Thank you, Rudy. Thank you're you. Welcome. So, gentlemen, 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 here we go. I don't know if you have seen this, this gentleman's tattoo, but apparently it happened. Aaron Rodgers got his first tattoo. Wow. Okay. Yep. I haven't seen it, so let me look it up. Rock me when I answer first, but go ahead, Mark. Uh, I haven't looked it up, but go ahead. Keep going. Or is that it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared. Of, I'm, I'm, re- I'm looking it, it up. No, you trust me. There's, there's no nudity or anything in it. You're fine. Uh, it's it's kind of out there. And, what uh, the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, like. Is this guy into like astrology or something, or like has his third eye open? Uh, he's a rod. I don't know. All right, so he's, so what's the sweeper keep on this? Because I gotta get to this. This is really fucking weird. I'm gonna. Well, no. What's the question? Are we sweeping or keeping the tattoo? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you sweeping or keeping his his? Oh, the, the, just the idea of him getting his first tattoo. And if you have the chance to look at it, uh, I guess give it a give it a give I'm it a sweeper keep, keep. It, even though it's weird as hell. Because I mean. All tattoos have different meanings in a sense. To me, it's just the lining's kind of cool because, I mean, it has a little eye and a little lines and stuff and, like, constellations. But that's weird as hell, man. A-Rod's a different cat. I don't know, man. That's just weird, but I- I'm going to keep it. Is that what all those years in Green Bay do to you? <laughs> I'm going to go with – I guess I'm going to go with keeping it. I mean, I'm going to get my first tattoo. It's not going to look that – 
fucking ridiculous, but it's, I'm going to say that right now, it's got to be some kind of montage because you've got the lions. One of them is like roaring. So let's just say that's like Danica Patrick when their relationship, when she was like just pissed off all the time, yelling at him. You have what Olivia Munn or Olivia, which was Wilder Munn? Which one did he date? You yeah, Olivia Munn. Yeah. Olivia Munn, probably the quiet one. I mean, she was a badass in X Men when she was a uh, what was her name? Psylocke. Was it Psylocke? I don't remember what the fuck? Yeah, one of them. And then the eye. I mean, I don't know what the eye has anything to do with the the water on the bottom is the calm. Aaron's a calm, cold dude. He got the flea market fan underneath the water. So, I mean, I don't know what exactly that is going on, but I guess it's Japanese something, whatever. Um, all in all, I, I don't know. I I want to say maybe the tattoo artist was either drunk or high when he did this because I don't know the meaning. I'd love to get the meaning of it. If we can get Aaron on the podcast, that would be fantastic. Um, I, I got to get the meaning on this because it... It's weird. It's weird, but I'll keep it. I'll keep it as his first tattoo. All right. Cool, cool, cool. What are you going to get a tattoo before we go to the next, next one? Me? Yeah. You say you're a tattoo. What are you going to get? Uh, I was going to keep it as a surprise, but not, I won't no more. So um, I guess we're going to get a little personal here. I uh, Disturbed, the band is like one of my favorite bands. And you know how they have that skull character, I guess, uh, for the cartoon. It's just his face and the hood on my arm. And I, again, you know, every tattoo has a mean. And I just, you know, for me, when I was kind of going through some shit way back in the day, it was just something that I just kind of, you know, I guess got, I don't know, something disturbed got me through. I was just kind of weird because it's all, you know, you get the cross and turn it upside down shit, you know, type of music and all that. So I'm like, well, I don't know why this hit me, but it really did. So it's kind of like one of them that I'm going to get as a disturbed uh, cartoon, the skeleton guy. And then the other one, um, I, I, I vaguely am going to do this one like sometime, but I do want to get the Aztec warrior carrying uh, the woman all across my back. But I want the face to be my face in the war on the Aztec warrior and Gina, my wife's face on the woman. So kind of like a, a nod to, you know, our Mexican heritage and being that it's funny and shit. I want to do something like that. Fucking dope, dude. That's sick, man. And I think that's like the perfect topic to, to end the show with because that was that was Aztec for, warriors. <laughs> Holy shit. Keep. Yeah, man. That's wow. awesome. <laughs> And I'm actually joking about the Aztec warrior because that's kind of stupid. I'm not going to do that at all. That's too, oh, much that's too much tattoo and ink. You realize I don't like needles and I'm going to have a guy tattoo my entire back? No. Hell no. It's not I that can't. bad, dude. Needles needles are not that bad. You get over it when you get tatted. Are you like the guy that likes a dominatrix? Because, I mean, for me, yeah. needles are, are bad. I can't stand a needle just pounding away at me like I'm a porn star. I'm not going to go through that. <laughs> no man i mean i never like needles myself but like when i just got the tattoo i was like well like it is what it is and i'm ready here so why am i gonna back out you know it just got oh it's kind of like an indian burn that's the best way i can describe a tattoo is indian burn if y'all if everyone knows what that is and y'all know what it is wow this do mark do you have a tattoo i do not have a tattoo this shamaya he's even on i don't know if he's on but does shamaya have a tattoo i don't even know i've never asked him I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. We know Rock has a tattoo. He got a big old lion on his thigh. So, either I want more tattoos. I want my whole back tattooed and my whole leg tattooed. So, would you go straight up, blood in, blood out, prison guard or prison 
prison cellmate tattoo on your body? Like, what is it? Not magic, but um, uh, God, Danny, Danny Trejo, the way he's all tatted up like that. Oh, yeah. In a sense, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't get my my face tatted, like not or not my neck, because I mean, if if my feature entails where I'm gonna be on camera and people are gonna see me, I mean, I don't care like outside of work, but like if I'm gonna be on camera, like I'm not gonna want my whole neck tatted or face tatted, and I get hired anywhere. But I mean, if my arms are tatted, my whole back and everything, yeah, I'm down for that. I mean, dude, say say you're the greatest. TV anchor, like say you're in Denver and you're like, this is Rocky Garza, uh, and he's like the best anchor, whatever. He can do no wrong. What would it take for you to get a fucking teardrop tattoo? <laughs> I just show up doing the news. So, you know, a 55 year old man was shot today. As you're right there with a the teardrop tattoo, you know, like he was shot today in East Denver. You know, authorities say this. Apparently, the guy was, uh, you know, a Hispanic male with a tattoo of a teardrop on his eye, and you're just describing yourself left and right, man. You'd be screwed in Denver. That's for damn sure. See, and that's that's the thing. I mean, before we have to the show, that's the thing about tattoos, man. Like, as much as I like, you know, wearing, you know, like my short shorts and like getting all tied and whatever. If like I ever committed a crime, I don't think I am, and I hope I, I hope I never do commit a crime. You know, it's so heinous. I can get easily identified by my tattoos, man. I mean, I'm I'm fucked if like I do anything wrong. Like the like, oh yeah, the guy with the thigh tattoos, like oh, it's like, oh, I don't know who that is, you know. All right, perfect segue just to end the show. I want you to end the show here right now. But I'm gonna ask y'all a question. If you could commit one crime, what would it be? I'm robbing I'm robbing I'm robbing the bank like the Netflix show uh La Casa de Pelpel. Oh my god. Yeah, robbing a bank. I mean, if you could commit one crime, Ooh, say you won't get busted. I'm, I'm doing a say you would, you won't get busted. Like you, this is a guaranteed no bust. What well, what would you do if it was robbed? You gonna rob a bank? No, I mean, but like a money heist. Like I'm gonna be robbing like the national treasury, U.S. treasury. I don't know why I pegged you for saying you would go for like prostitution or something. I don't know why. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, stats. Real quick before we end the show, for rocking in the show, what crime would you want to get away with? Uh, ripping off the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant. Wow. Yeah, y'all are going way, way below here. Are you going to kill below. someone, Rudy? Or what? No, I won't kill someone. I've killed our audience already uh, like half the time on every show. So I'm not worried about it. I'm already, you know, guilty of killing people. If I had to, I would probably, I would probably rob Fort Knox. Just clean it, wipe it out. Be rich forever. You know, sit in my big chair with a uh, big desk in my Scarface cocaine piles all over the place. Never done it before. Don't do drugs, kids. It's bad. Rock, take us out. Well, that's a wrap, boys. I mean, hope y'all enjoyed me leading the charge. Hope y'all didn't get too bored with me. But don't forget to give us a like and listen to our show. And also, listen to our, be- our show, our brother shows, with our homies, Mark and Shamaya, the Baller Boys. Oh, yeah. And y'all take it easy, man. Stay, stay hard, love hard, and peace out, man.